This is a podcast from BBC Studios, the commercial subsidiary of the BBC. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Studios TalentWorks podcast with me, Bruna Monaghan and me, Helen O'Donnell. This is an interview series with some of the most exciting and interesting and fascinating digital talent in the industry. Thank you so much for listening and please don't forget to subscribe. We're recording live at VidCon London and um, given the amount of people that are here today, it's, it's, it's really, really busy and it's really exciting to see so many, many people. Um, so these interviews are, are recorded in the press room and there's lots of interviews going on, lots of people coming in and out. So I, I hope it's not too distracting, um, but we've got some really great content and uh, we really hope you enjoy the episode. So welcome to the TalentWorks podcast. We are recording live at VidCon London and today we're talking to the American comedy duo Rhett and Link. So Rhett and Link's YouTube channel counts 23 million subscribers that garner 100 million monthly views. Their flagship talk show Good Mythical Morning is the most watched daily show online, counting 14.4 million subscribers and generates 3 million views every single day. Beyond their channel, they are successful podcasters, authors, and filmmakers. And they also have a live stage show, which is a musical adventure of their world. And they're performing tonight for its London debut at VidCon London. And it will mark the duo's first trip to the UK. So welcome to London. Yes. Who, who is that you're talking about? They, they, sound, <laughs> they sound pretty awesome. These two pretty cool guys. <laughs> So I love that you described our concert as a musical adventure. Yeah. We should start doing that. We're going to start doing that now. <laughs> is that accurate? Uh, well, it is now. It is now, yeah. yes. Yeah. So this is your first trip to the UK ever? Yes. Yeah? Amazing. How I've, have you I've found it I've been in the so airport far? before. Oh, okay. That's not a good representation. It was a, I was impressed. Oh, okay, good. It's a but, but very, le- very fine airport. <laughs> By the lots British charm. Lot, yeah, lots of transportation happening to and fro. So if we think about content in the UK, uh, do you have any favorite British creators or UK talent? Oh, wow. We're big fans of uh, Tom Scott. Yes. Thomas Ridgewell. Yep. We actually, uh, can we say that we did a little work with him yesterday? Well, you can't say it, but I can. Okay. We did a little work with him yesterday. Oh. It was yeah. mostly dental work right. on us. <laughs> uh, he has a, I don't know, most people don't know this, but in addition to being a hilarious person uh he also is a dental assistant i'm making all that up but tom tom's a really funny guy and he's kind of twisted and so we like him yeah oh and then what about non-online creators inspired by any british well i mean here the thing that we've experienced is that you're watching an american television show and you're like man that is a really good actor and i'm sure that he's from north carolina where he's purporting to be from and then you find out that he's british and we feel betrayed. Right. And that happens <laughs> over and over and over again. So I like many actors uh, that I thought were American until I find out that they're British. And then? And that, guy Rick, from the wa- Rick, that guy from The Walking Dead. Rick Grimes. <laughs> Man, I was just sure that he was from Georgia. But he's not. He's no. an actor. Andrew right? Lincoln. He's got a good accent coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, uh, and it turns out a lot of people do. Uh, we are, we're big fans of the Mighty Boosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, ash- I'm ashamed to say that 
we didn't discover the Mighty Boosh until like three or four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's all on, well, it's either on, uh, you know, I can get it all on Amazon and I'm like showing it to my kids and. Well, it's a good example of that obscure sort of satire that I think... Absurdist could, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, we love that. Exactly. Um, and we also wanted to talk about the fact that you've you've appeared on a lot of big mainstream shows like Jimmy Fallon's show in the US, but in the UK that just hasn't happened yet. So I don't know if hmm. you know the Graham Norton show. Have you heard yeah. of that? Yeah. So, I mean, you would not see a digital talent on that show at this point. Um, like, how, how, do you, how have you found the boundaries between mainstream media and yourselves in the U.S., do, you, do they welcome you on set? Is it very much, oh, so what is this YouTube Yeah, still? I, I think it's, I mean, with a lot of people, there's still this, like, you're introduced as a, as a YouTuber, whereas if you have, like, a show on Netflix, you're not introduced as a Netflixer. Yeah. So that's still, a, there's a little bit of a stigma attached to it, but, yeah, with, with like, Jimmy on his show, he, he, lets us, he lets us do our show on his show. And how did that come about? Uh, we paid him a lot <laughs> uh, under the table. That's how the Tonight Show works. <laughs> I think no, I think we were. I think it was their idea to have us on. Maybe maybe we were just maybe it was like us camping out in the alley beside the studio for like weeks at a time. I don't but, re- I don't remember the the, <clears throat> the initial contact uh, for that, but uh, I think he's had a few. What we've heard is that, you know, he's definitely open to having uh, YouTube talent on the show, but he's pretty picky about who it is. Yeah. Um, and so we we felt pretty honored, and then they kept asking for us to come back. So we've developed a relationship so we can, uh, when we got something we want to talk about, we can go do it on The Tonight Show, which is something we never anticipated. So, so Graham, good old Graham, he doesn't have any digital not, people. Not, not to this not to this day. See, that's interesting because, I mean, I know about the show because of the clips on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, man, you, you take, you've got to give. Well, that's, I Graham. think, yeah, I, th- I think what U.S. sort of talk show hosts do very well is take online references to get a bigger audience. Oh, you of, mean steal? Show. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, you could use that word. We're, we're, and, and that's a really obvious thing to do, but the U.K. just haven't quite haven't quite got that yet but didn't wasn't there a show on i guess i don't know the bbc4 that i remember years ago people would tweet at us and say oh i saw Rhett and link on I, there was must have been like a clip show of some kind that showed a bunch of youtube videos mm-hmm. on definitely on tv in they would the have UK. profile pieces on oh yeah because we shot yeah. something for one of them yeah on yeah. BBC, BBC Three, maybe. Maybe Three. Yeah. I don't know what the numbers mean Eight. and what they correspond to. <laughs> the, the one that was the number to put the, YouTubers on. The more important, right? Well, I think it's the more diverse content. I think what BBC Three has done is, is they've taken subjects that do appeal to, to a younger audience, and, which is really exciting, um, and they're putting a lot more um, effort into broadening out the content on BBC Three. Okay. So that, that is a good example. Ooh, okay. BBC. Yeah, yeah. so we're BBC's on, um, doing it. We're on BBC Seven a lot. <laughs> Like um, there, we're always rich on content it. there. Yeah. There's, a, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of rich content there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
So if we think about daily shows in the UK, so I think you guys have your daily show. So in the UK, we've got like Good Morning Britain, which gets about 700,000 uh, viewers a day. Okay, good on them. About a million, absolutely. All this morning. But you guys are engulfing these shows that are the biggest ones in the UK. What inspired you to take on the challenge of a daily show? Well, it, it, it started as a side project because in order for us to continue to connect with our audience in between making higher production music videos, usually about once a month, we were kind of on that cadence. We wanted to have something that we could continue to connect with the audience more often. Well, because a lot of people, that was, when we started, there had already been a few people who were doing the daily vlogging thing. And everyone was seeing how those daily videos were being rewarded, but we were like, It's not your thing. I don't want to open our lives up in that way. Is there something else we can do that kind of scratches that itch and has that daily connection with people, but it's more of a show as opposed to just, Hey, look at what we're doing? Yeah. And that kind of leads me to my next question sort of about process. What, what's the creative process of, of how, do you, how do you fill a show every day? Hmm. Well, it started. <laughs> it started with the two of us deciding what we were going to talk about as we drove in every morning. That turned out to be not too sustainable. Sustainable. Okay. Uh, and that has slowly built up to having a, a team that helps us come up with what we're going to do on the show. And we would not. We st- we wouldn't be doing it at this point if we were still trying to no. do it on our own. It's just too. I mean, over. I don't know, 1,500 episodes, whatever we're up to, uh, would be too much for us to handle personally. So what was the process of creating the team around you when you felt like that was a next step? It was very incremental. Um, So we made a couple of key hires. Stevie, who you you hear her voice. um, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the voice of God. That's what people say when you hear a voice off camera. They say, like, voice of God. But, um, and God is a woman. You know, I, I never want Stevie to hear me say that. <laughs> She's not standing right beside me right now. <laughs> Breathing down my neck saying, call me the voice of God. <laughs> she prefers the voice of the goddess. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, we hired her, and then she started hiring people because she started developing a system within which we would work and and not just make stuff, but churn out things, like butter. Like, um, we're like digital butter manufacturers. Um, but you got to hire people who know how to build the churns. Exactly. And then you got to hire someone else to, like, do the, thing, the up and down motions. In you don't have churn. to make the motion. Well, it's a podcast. You don't, you don't have to demonstrate. <laughs> just, it's, there's no cameras. Right, but I'm here, <laughs> and I'm only a foot away from you. Here, grab the stick with me. Let's turn some butter. <laughs> well, I was I was going to talk about then the sign-off process. So I guess you're now at a point where you've built that creative trust. So do you have that sort of okay? It's signed off by Rhett and Link, or you yeah, I like, mean, and that's been something whatever that Stevie says goes. That's been something that we have slowly to for to our own benefit, definitely continued to tr- you know give people more trust. Because I think that, you know, it went from us making everything, us editing everything, to letting someone else edit, but kind of sitting over their shoulder, to letting people edit and then trusting Stevie to look at it. And then we would just watch it when it was on the Internet. And then if there was something that we didn't like, we might say something. But at this point, 
we've kind of gotten where we speak the same language. And even our editor at this point, you've done so many episodes that you kind of know what we like and what we don't like. It's, it's, there, there's a formula to it. So, yeah, and that's an, enabled us to go out and do other things and work on other projects at this point. So, yeah, Like but, take bathroom breaks. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, because that, that's something we tell, you know, there's all these YouTubers burning out. Yeah. And, and most of them are burning out because they just can't let go. If, you, if you're not willing to let go and let the goddess, <laughs> you're, uh, oh you're, uh, you're in trouble. Yeah. Let go and let goddess. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So on that thought of, like, letting go, you guys do work for yourselves within your the YouTube ecosystem, but you've also done commissioned shows. How did you find it doing shows that were commissioned? Because then that's a different layer of notes or taking somebody else's opinion on board. Yeah, we we had a show on a channel called the IFC. I don't think they call it the IFC. They just call it IFC. But you, you say the when you're in England. <laughs> okay. Um, and then... Uh, the IFC our, Seven, our, actually, our scripted series, Buddy System. We did two seasons with YouTube Premium. That's what it's called now. It's called YouTube Red at the time. Who knows what it's going to be called a couple of months from now? They're not asking us to rename it. I just predicted it. I don't know. I'm not going to make a prediction. Anyway, to answer your question, um, it's nice when you're commissioned to do a version of something you've already done, or you, you know, with the case of YouTube, we worked closely with YouTube enough that there was uh, there was a lot of trust there. So, I mean, there are a lot of notes, but it's but I mean, it's not. We get a lot more comments on every video than we do notes from executives. At least that's been our experience so far. So, um, we can take those. There's all you know. E, I, I think there is a parallel between note creative notes and the comments it's just if if you can figure out how to take thousands and thousands of comments and find some sort of collective wisdom that then you can apply to the next thing you're going to make that's a difficult thing to do um it's difficult on the ego to read through comments in general <clears throat> so if you can figure out a way to to find that collective wisdom that's a skill that then when when someone who it's their job to give notes you can f- I felt like we were more equipped to say, okay. It's funny how every note, even good notes, they have the potential to hurt or frustrate. 
because you just want to get on with it or you 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 have this thought that maybe you've already maybe it's already finished but if you can say okay this note can be a good thing then it will be yeah can you think of some examples from where you've like garnered that from your audience and then taken it on when we've heard something and yeah. then yeah I mean, it happens. All, the, the classic example that we, we talk about is when in 2012 we made a show called The Mythical Show, which was a half-hour weekly show that we made with... Uh, is actually the reason that we hired Stevie originally was to make that because it was going to be a much bigger project than we've ever worked on. And we had the idea to have a live audience. So I don't even remember how we got these people. They were fans, and they like applied to, to, to be there, and there was like 12 people in the studio with us laughing clapping and we thought it was a little awkward we thought it would be funny because it was awkward to have such a small group of people watching over to the side Uh, but what we didn't anticipate was that um, the main audience the ones on the other side of the screen at their keyboards or whatever did not like it did not like it from their perspective it was basically the message was we don't we want you to feel like you're talking to us or I want you to feel like you're talking to me yeah. not that you're talking to someone else in the room it was like oh that makes total sense we just thought it would be a funny joke to have people over here yeah. and I also think but we started playing to them because they were in the room and there was a little bit of a oh this feels like you guys are trying to do something more traditional mm-hmm. I think the way that they put it was you're not talking to us but i think another underlying thing going on was oh it seems like you guys are trying to do something that's very tv like and that's not why we watch this we we're make, actually making a decision to not watch television so we can watch what you guys are doing um so I, that that's we and then since then we've done it many times we try something and then if people aren't responding well to it we we change it i mean there's a there's a balance between being a slave to your audience and just doing every single thing that they want you to do yeah and kind of we like to sort of we try so many new things that we kind of want to lead our audience to experience new things and we continue to innovate we innovate good mythical morning all the time something as simple as changing the intro we know every single time we change the intro we're going to get a bunch of pushback ah this isn't as good as the last intro intro and um but then we know you know what they're going to say that for a couple weeks and then they're going to get used to it it. (laughs) no one likes change yeah um, and so on diversification, I think that's a word that YouTube lo- use a lot to create mm-hmm. and say diversification. It's really important for longevity of your channel. Um, what sort of projects have you enjoyed working on that you feel have diversified the Rhett and Link brand? Because obviously you're going on tour. Is, is, that, is that the first sort of big live project that you've done? Yeah, I mean, we, we wrote our first book, the Book of Mythicality, mm-hmm. and then we developed the stage show based on that book. So it was, I mean, committing creatively to one endeavor, we find always leads to something else if we, if we want it to. So that's a good example of the, the book led to the stage show. And then when that was done last year, basically, we said, hey, we, this uh, live performance is something we, we do enjoy. We want to get back into it. And, but we, want, we don't want to keep doing that stage show so then that's what led to us doing the concert that we're doing tonight so just more music and then unscripted banter that 
mythical beats come to expect from Good Mythical Morning, we're going to bring that to the stage. What was your question? It was um, what diversification. Project, what, what, yeah, oh yeah, see, what, like what have you what have you enjoyed? That's, those in that, are in a that couple person. of things. Yeah. Well, and we the, enjoyed just doing different crap. <laughs> and, yeah, and the sort of the latest thing is um, we started something called the Mythical Society, um, which is essentially a like a you know an exclusive fan club for lack of a better word, but we're creating specific content for those mythical beasts. Uh, uh, so we're working with Patreon to to make it happen, but what we what so it sort of uses the same technology, but from our perspective, Patreon traditionally is when you're kind of enabling somebody to make their, their do their main thing. Like I'm giving to you so you can make your videos. Well, everything we do is ad supported with Good Mythical Morning and our podcast and all that. So this is all new stuff. Um, there's exclu- exclusive content, but there's also um, you know, we're getting involved personally in that and, and, and chatting with people and doing a, uh, uh, we're going to be doing some live streaming and, uh, monthly addresses and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of really cool, um, merchandise and, and cool creations that we're doing on a very small, limited basis just for, for this group of people kind of experimenting with some different merch that we would never do on a larger scale, uh, and wearing a lot of robes. And carrying candles as well. Yeah, I've been entrusted with fire a few times. I right. I'm not allowed to use knives, but so far I'm, they're letting me hold a candle. <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's there is tiered pricing that you've come to expect from Patreon. But it's unlike Patreon, it's we've developed something that it's what you 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 get what you pay for. Okay. Yeah. You know, so it's not. You're investing in in something that enabling content to continue to exist that maybe otherwise would go away. It, we're not funding any of our big projects, as Rhett said. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's an encapsulated thing to get what you pay for, and we we're making that a valuable endeavor for those members. Yeah, I think. And is it the same creative team that work across all the projects? So the exclusive fan club you've just mentioned and the live shows do you have like the same core creative team yeah we we have um i mean we have individual people who are kind of tasked with working on those individual things like gmm kind of has its there's people who just do gmm or just do mythical society just work on our other social stuff um but then between the, the two of us and Stevie and a few other of the sort of executive level people, we're kind of touching everything. Yeah, and they, they all work in the same space and um, communicate across all of our projects, kind of communicate. So any, any one thing can help educate our audience about all the other things that are out there. And content from one place, everything... Good Mythical Morning feeds so much content on other places, including the Mythical Society. It's like the ultimate conversation starter. Do you like quick-fire questions? Um, Sure, we just answer them slowly. Yeah, (laughs) we think very quickly, but we're we're Southern, so we, um, we speak them very slowly. Okay, first one. Who wants to go first? Me. Favorite comedian? Right now, Dave Chappelle. Why? Oh, there's a there's follow up. Yes. Um, 
he's a brilliant storyteller. Like that, he can educate, and he's—I mean—he's obviously funny. Even if you don't agree with his specific points of view on everything, the way that he communicates is masterful. So I just like studying that. Right. Favorite film of all time? I'll say The Princess Bride. <laughs> but you won't say it happily. <laughs> why? Why are you so upset? I don't like to pick favorites. Well, they're I, not watching. I have. Listening. It's just like I don't have a favorite food. I just I, I have like twenty four to thirty six foods that I really enjoy. It depends on the day. Yeah, and I kind of feel the same way about films, films, okay. television shows. I mean, Princess Bride is a classic. I think you have favorite, and it's food. <laughs> I think that's your deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most listened to podcast. Most listened to podcast. I started listening to the Hidden Brain. That's a new one. Because I've only listened to one episode. <laughs> wow, really? But I've listened to You're that one really like listening. three different times. Most watched TV show? <laughs> these are such weighty I questions. Mean, I mean, we're treating these I like feel them. like probably, historically, it might be Seinfeld. Yep. In terms of how much I watched it That's a good when it was on, and then how much I will watch it if it happens to be on. Great. Yeah. And then our last one is most watched YouTube channel. I'm watching Genius a lot. So, that's a music channel. Meaning to lyrics. Do what? It's the meaning. It's the meanings to lyrics, isn't that? Yeah, it? I yeah, love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, they do a lot of interviews. I really like it too. You know, I love interviews with hip hop professionals. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. We're yeah. really fortunate to have you on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, and welcome to the UK. We're really excited to have you here. Glad to be here. Yes, thanks for having us. Thanks, Congratulations guys. on your senses of humor. Not you two personally. Yes, you two personally, but <laughs> just as a as a country. as a kingdom. As, as a kingdom. kingdom. As the kingdom. Yes. We appreciate that. Big fans that. of it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about us, we're on Instagram at BBC Studios Talentworks. This podcast is produced by Shola Alegi for BBC Studios.